Hello, James here. Welcome to the James Cast, and this is going to be a lot of fun. A full episode of the wonderful world of do-it-yourself with Colin Thomas and, of course, me. We're talking about all sorts of great things. You're going to love it. This is the full episode. So you've got 10 minutes with Colin. You've got Fence Talk. You've got us going on about Noisy AC. You've got us going on pretty much about everything that's affecting us in this moment. You're going to love it. It's an entertaining, informative, and of course, educational romp through the world of maintenance, DIY, and a little bit more. All coming to you right now on the James Cast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the chat. Uh, how's stuff for me this week? Um, mixed. Oh, oh. Good, good weekend, which is yeah. good. And then um, our marketing manager decided that she had to go for the job paying four times as much. Working. Oh, no, you had this great woman. Oh, she's unbelievable. But that's the problem. So yeah, yeah. she's Australian as well and has yeah, just okay. um, snagged a job working on the Australian Pavilion for Expo. Yeah. So how can I'm you like, say no? Well, how can you compete when yeah, they're like offering of three times what we're paying? It's like, oh, for fuck's sake. Seriously? So, yeah, that's fairly put a dampener on my week, to say the least. And she's brilliant. She's yeah, lovely. Yeah. She's brilliant. She was doing some really cool things. I, oh, but, I mean, you can carry them on, right? But, yeah, we can. But she, she's she got some little X factor there that just yeah. amplifies everything that we yeah. do so brilliantly. Yeah. So now back to, back to trying to sort that one out, which is always difficult you know but two times out of three now we've had three multi managers and two times out of three we've utterly aced it yeah. so you know okay. it's one of those yeah. which is good you know but um yeah and then i've got my jab second part two oh. on thursday oh i've got to get mine so, done as well so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, i'm i think i'm set for sunday yeah so. yeah so we're gonna do that nice and early at um, parks and resorts and then um got a pajero sold last night which Ooh. is good uh, do you have any left or is there yeah one more okay. one more that i've just picked up and another one lined up to buy so right. it'll, uh, there's plenty going on there <laughs> You're feeling brave today. <laughs> but all it's time that We Will Fix It show with Colin Thomas from We Will Fix It Dubai. And essential maintenance, by the way. I don't forget it. You might be. <laughs> A Rolf Hotel downtown Dubai in the Epic Podcast Studios, where this show is coming to you from. Everything you wanted to know but were afraid to ask, we're going to be talking about. We're going to create a zen moment. I need zen. <laughs> That's good. Now, have you ever thought, has Natalie ever broached the idea of a zen room in your living? space i can't think of anything <laughs> less suitable for a very um direct yorkshire woman <laughs> than a zen room it's not really going to work in our household really no no um we have we have um we have the zen room actually for the dog bless him he's got in the playroom yeah in the middle of the uh, the playroom there yeah. was this amazing shaggy rug yeah and it just goes in there flops and he is totally and utterly chilled at that point okay so yeah. he has zen if not the rest yeah. of us do <laughs> one of those well I, I put together a little list of questions that people were firing at me this week and i said i'll ask colin oh god and and we'll go from there so i wanted to start off with a you know a quick rapid fire of some of those just to get your thoughts oh okay and, and then of course you never know where we're going well the I, thing was I, I i just spotted you see i did do a bit of research of i try and did. do it beforehand yeah. yeah but the bit that i mi missed was uh your number one point which was <laughs> 10 minutes with colin so i've just come up with the one now oh, oh now oh. you know how we always shoot from the hip yeah well this i'm not even reaching my hip on this one so we'll um but i i think i think we can do it i think it'll be all, all right, right. All right. Well, are, are you, are you, uh, do you need, do you need to be fluffed or are you ready to go? Uh, I, I can do it whenever you are. We're doing it right now then. Here we go. 
This is 10 Minutes with Colin. Still good, isn't it? Still good, that <laughs> intro. Absolutely love that one. Um, now, 10 Minutes With Me today is going to be about this particular time of year. Now, this is probably going to go out in a couple of weeks, but we're right now just at the start of February. Now, the start of February in Dubai is all about transition, and we transition from kind of winter to maybe summer or maybe even just kind of that, that intermediate period where it's warm but it's not crazy which is good now this for me is a big opportunity from a maintenance perspective for everybody and because all of the companies like us are still relatively quiet we're not on crazy peak season it's all gone ballistic um, but we're also not totally and utterly dead as well Mm. so it's it's a really good time for people to catch up because it's really obvious and especially during covid periods it's really obvious that um there will be there will be periods where your house is not your top priority, yeah. and yeah. we get it. You know that's that's perfectly normal. But at the same time, people um, with the way that funds are right now are looking for a bit of a deal as a standard yeah, thing. Absolutely. Well, everybody is about to miss the deal because as soon as the heat hits. All deals come off the table and we basically hang on to see whether or not we're going to make it through the summer season without too many problems. So really now is that moment where anybody who was thinking, oh, I've been holding off on this and I've been holding off on that. Now is pretty much your last chance to be able to get a deal out of maintenance companies such as ourselves. So what would you be thinking of? Well, everybody thinks about the obvious one and that is AC. AC is one of those things that you do need in the summer, whether or not you've thought about it yet, because it's still cold. But because it's still cold, this is now the time where you need to actually be thinking about it. So what do I mean by that? Well, as a start point, it always makes sense to start off with an AC service. And the reason for this isn't what most people might think. The reason for this is because it's the cheapest of the services that are offered by most maintenance companies. So generally there are three services. There's the AC servicing, there's duct cleaning, and there's coil cleaning. Mm. Now, to work out whether or not you need a duct clean or a coil clean, somebody's got to go and actually have a look at it. Because if they don't go and have a look at it, they don't know whether or not you actually need it. So are they overselling you something? Now, with an AC service, you need that. Now, most companies will say every four months or whatever. And there's some properties that do need that. But a lot of people can extend that depending on your ACs and how much they used, et cetera, et cetera, uh, to once every six months. Now, if you're getting your AC service by a reputable company, they'll be taking the covers off the outdoor units if you're in a, a split unit. They'll be opening up your indoor units. Hopefully everybody would, will do that. And at the same time, they can inspect the coils and the ducts free of charge. Yeah. And this is a service that you need anyway okay. periodically through the year and how, how do they how do they inspect the coils and the ducts just with a flashlight and a ladder uh, see the flashlight believe it or not <laughs> is the best method for a coil because okay. what you're trying to work out is is this coil blocked with dirt yeah now if you just physically take a look at it the outside will always look a little bit dusty but it doesn't really tell you what level we're at and mm. as a general rule of thumb coils are once every two years really that's it yeah they don't ah. need to be on too often but the problem is if you are in a rented property highly unlikely unless you've got that awesome landlord that they've been done within two years it's okay. very very rare that that's happened so well, really though it's important that, that uh, a technician who knows what they're looking at comes sticks a flashlight on one side of it and looks in different areas of the coil to see whether or not they can see through it and mm. also what level of dirt is there at that point they can take pictures for you so you can see it as well now 
There is a little bit of a caveat to that, which is if you are Joe Public and you're looking at a coil, it may want to have been cleaned very, very recently. Uh However, to Joe Public, it will still look horrendous. (laughs) Okay, gotcha. There are lots of companies out there that capitalize on this to oversell to people. So you need somebody that you can trust uh, with that kind of process, uh, without a doubt. So those are the, those are uh, those are there, but again, this can be done in in a, a minute or two when mm. somebody is doing an AC service, so that that way you're not paying the extra diagnosis fee and to so, be able to do this. And so right now is a slow time. Right now you're not using your AC, so it's not critical, and you can get a deal. Yeah, exactly. Now the other side of things is they're going to be cleaning your vents as part of a standard ah, AC service. There we go. When they're cleaning the vents, and actually they can look from both sides. They can look from the vent side and also um, from the unit, the indoor unit side, to see what condition your ducts are in. Mm. Now, it may well be that if you've just been hit with an AC service, that you're not going to want to do your coils and your ducts at the same time because the price point will end up um, much yeah. higher. But what it will do is give you an honest <laughs> assessment of where you are and what your priorities need to be for yeah. the year. And it might be you can you can, um, you can get right the way through the summer period and come out the other side and go, right, okay, it's deal time again now because it's now yeah. cold. Simple rule of thumb. If it's cold outside, there is the potential for a deal. If it's warm outside, there really isn't. And if there is when it's warm, you need to worry about that company Mm. because they should be really busy at that time of year. And therefore, if they're not, why not? Okay. Okay. So it's about value for money. So value for money is right now, start with an AC service because you need it anyway and ask them to expect free of charge, not with additional charge um, for both your coils and your ducts. And that way you can be aware. Again, if there is other things like plumbing, those kinds of things, they come under more pressure during the summer. Uh-huh. So uh, again, now is a very good time to uh, to get that initial early season stuff done. And um, very rarely you'll get a deal on plumbing and that kind of stuff because yeah. it is it's less just, less critical. Okay. Um, to and it just happens all the time, right? Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but again, it is a good time to get that done so that you're not um, without water during the heat of the summer. So the big message is... Start thinking now. Yes, now's time to start thinking about it. Don't need to even get everything done, but at least know what condition your property is in. And that is... This is 10 Minutes with Colin. I'm now, I'm catching grief about this, by the way. Are you? Have we yeah. blown out people's speakers? No, I'm catching grief. It says uh, the, the outro should be, that was 10 Minutes with Colin. Oh, yeah, it's a fair point. I haven't even spotted that. <laughs> And I said, I feel that, short that means I'd have to record another one. How <laughs> could you? Do I have you? the original still? It's my big quite. It wasn't. It was like, yeah, that's a good point. I don't know if I have the whole stuff to do it again. To be honest, <laughs> and I know what you said. You know, he's all right, but he's not that good. He doesn't deserve two. He should be happy with one. And I am, James. I am. You know, for rank amateur to get oh, one with, of that depth oh, is quite man. something, isn't it? But that's great advice, though. I love that advice. Well, it, that was a bit of a shoot from the hip. And, um, you know, there's kind of two aspects. You know, we, we do run a business. And yeah. um, uh, so at the end of the day, yeah, of course, I'm going to try and um, sell our services. But I also think that the whole idea for us is about having this long-term relationship with yeah. customers, whereby once we've got them, they want to stay with us throughout their time in Dubai where yeah. they move and, and we try and make that as easy as possible through essential contracts actually where um you know I think we're we're about the only people that don't have any penalty clauses if people move. That's kinda house. cool. 
Well, it's, it's, you just it's take logical. it with you to the next house? Of course you do. <laughs> you know? But that's not standard thing here. But again, it's the other thing is, having been a resident here for 15 years and now having yeah. a family here, yeah. I'm in exactly the same position as all of our customers, or the majority of them anyway. Right. And so understanding the rationale behind, okay, what purchase decisions do I make? And therefore, what does that mean for, for other people in the business? kind of comes naturally. Yeah. And what we found, and it's absolutely fact, is if you are not absolutely authentic and honest with people, people yeah. and you push a sales pitch at them they spot it a mile off yeah. so instead be authentic do the job that you claim warranty the work that you do and you'll be absolutely fine and that's really been our focus since 2008 i love it hey we were talking ac and i got i got a, a, a gripe here not a, with you guys just in general mm. is squeaky ac duct things or grates or yeah. And I don't know how many, when you t- were talking about hotel rooms in our last podcast yes. and, and you get that squeaky little thing or the worst one I find is somewhere in the duct, there's a junction yep. or something and you hear that. Yes. Yeah, I know. It's really frustrating, isn't it? I don't know how you fix those things. Well, the thing is, that can be one of a whole list of different <laughs> things. Okay. The one inside the duct is a damper. So, okay. So there's a damper somewhere that's. Needs some WD-40 or... Um, no. No. Uh, so, no. Well, let's explain what a damper is. Grease? <laughs> Removal? No. no. Right. So basically, all a damper is is a big bit of metal that uh-huh. sits in the duct, and it's there to uh, a, a junction to deflect different amounts of oh. air, cool air, in the different directions, normally between two rooms. Okay. So what happens is when these get a little bit old or used for a while, then um, they start to get loose. Yeah. And at that point, if you imagine it's got air that's pushing against it, yeah, yeah. and then it flaps. Dick, dick, yeah, dick, yeah. dick, dick, Okay? So normally what you'd actually do is there's a mechanism on the side with a slider, um, which to, to alter the amount that you want into each room. Okay. And you need to tighten that. Okay. Now this isn't something Joe Public can find or or do. So this is one way you'd need to uh, get somebody in. Yeah. But and the problem is that same squeak can be a number of different things. It can be first of all, it could be the fan motor itself, which has got bad bearings. It can be uh, the the blower that's attached to that um, is slightly asymmetric and therefore is creating a vibration that you've got. Oh, no. It could be the housing which is hitting the um, the, the blade or in effect the roller um, that is there. It could be the mountings for the indoor unit that are loose and as a result the whole indoor unit is moving and flexing with the pipe. It could be oh, the vent veins that you can see on the outside yeah, yeah, that yeah. are loose. Okay, yeah. So there's a whole bunch of different things it could be. Oh, man. Yeah. So it's not just as simple as... I mean, if it was the, the vent, right, yeah. the, there is the possibility to fix it as a DIY. And in that situation, um, the simple test is get up on a ladder safely, grab hold of the vent, and see whether or not anything stops yeah if it does you know you've got a loose vein now with a loose vein there is only really a bodge solution for most of it (laughs) to be brutally honest um and what you would normally do is 
bend it very slightly so ah, that in effect you're putting okay. pressure onto gotcha. the mount points either yeah. side yeah. so that that way um, it's there but again you then got a bend on your vent which looks pretty yeah. terrible which can be a pain yeah. and, you're, and you're always going to see it you know, look up there oh, yeah I know you will but the great thing is landlords never do because I've done that on quite a few properties now <laughs> okay. and you get away with it every time so yeah all the landlords are listening now checklist yeah honestly vents. well my landlord's still focused on the fact he's got no rent thanks to MSMBD oh jeez oh, anyway we'll We'll sort that next. Hey, um, speaking of rent, just yeah. a side note: mm. I had I had an issue where my rent wasn't going through to my landlord, and it, the, the checks kept bouncing. And we're going, uh, no, there's money in the account. In fact, now it looks bad, doesn't it? Oh yeah, and I've got and, an awesome landlord. Well, finally. that's the thing: I've got a great landlord, yeah. and I'm just going, no, no, no. Well, you know, and, and then it's like, well, okay, we could do electronic transfer. Oh no, the landlord's not a big electronics guy. Great. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. It's it's so painful, isn't it? And so finally, the landlord went back to the bank and said, because I then got in touch with my bank, and they said, the check, because he likes checks, has never actually come to us. So it's not on our side that there's a problem. Oh. And I'm going, oh, well, that's it. And I, I said, well, they sent me a thing. And they said, we don't even use that thing. So that's coming from somewhere else. And it turns out the checks themselves, our, our bank had changed the size of the checks. So it wasn't that there was no money. It was that, the, that we needed new checks. Oh, for goodness. And I'm going, really? You're going, <laughs> but you're telling me the check didn't work? It's like, no, no, we put more security on them and we need the new checks, which are like twice the size. They're like, a, they're like you know, when you win something? Oh, yes. They're like these giant, we're kind of going, who has checks this big? That's anyway, and similar. so that's what, for us, that's what it was. And it was like, Really? Like, yeah. why wouldn't the bank just write a note and saying, oh, by the way, you're using old checks and here, here's a new set? Yeah. No. I've got all sorts of issues right now, but, um, you know, it's, it's really odd because none of it is finance. Yeah. It's all it's down <laughs> to practicalities <laughs> of banking systems. It's driving yeah. me up the wall. But, you know, that's a different story for another day. And, um, yeah. you know, the therapy session that we have before yeah. we go live on there is greatly appreciated, James. I've got to say. Yeah, we won't, we won't broadcast that one this time. No, probably best not to. <laughs> It was a bit of a rant, wasn't it? <laughs> so anyway, so we can fix those, but so yes. those five different things. So at least on the grate, on the grill, it's yeah. easy enough to bend it. Well, yeah, but the, and then the other thing was, um, as part of a standard AC service, so not additional cost, yeah. any company worth its salt should be able to solve that for you. Yeah. So I would just make sure that you tell people when you're getting your AC serviced, I and mean, we just talked in the 10 minutes that... Um, that it's really important to get your AC service this time of year. We're in February yeah. currently, uh, before the temperatures hit to get a decent deal. And again, this should be standard things. Write down any issues that you've got beforehand. Mm -hmm. And if you have them written and delivered to the AC company, if they don't complete that list or give you something very clear to explain why that's not possible, then that should be covered free of charge within the service. Yeah, there we go. Easy. Yeah, so, one of those. So otherwise, though... Squeaks are just going to be maddening. Yeah, well, but they are solvable. They're yeah. always solvable. It's okay. just a question of sometimes it's not. It's not a one hit. Mm. Um, I had one in my old place that literally the boys could get rid of, and then it would come back like a month later. And it would <laughs> took about four goes to be fair before they could do it. Really? But if you can't test against a problem, so yeah. oh, we fixed it. You know, yeah. it, it, if it comes back, there's not much that you can do, you know, as a, as a maintenance provider. And unfortunately, that's a bit of the nature of the beast with maintenance that yeah. sometimes they are going to come back, in which case that's where a warranty comes in. Yeah, yeah warranty. That's a big one. Yeah, that's a really big one. Absolutely. Hey, I want to jump into glue. And uh, I, was, I only jump into this because I was watching some uh, crazy glue commercials. And uh, 
pretty much crazy glue or all these quick acting glues are the uh, lifesaver, according to the ads. <laughs> according to the ads. How bizarre is that? Yes. They always have something extremely heavy held together. With- amazing. Like yeah. it could fix everything. Like I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, got a problem with the gate? Crazy glue. Yeah, I know. Got a problem with the cupboards? Crazy glue. Do you know the bit that I can't really understand, which is uh, why is there still welding when this crazy glue is so good? You know? Well, that was the other why thing. Why cars not held together with crazy glue? <laughs> exactly. That's the reason, which is it doesn't work for a lot of things. Yeah. It does work for the odd application. But really what it all boils down to, as far as I'm concerned, is A, is it structural? So is there any mm. force that is going through that joint? If there is you'd be really lucky for it to all work out. And uh, especially if it's not under pressure when you when you put the glue together. Yeah. Uh, using the right glue for the right circumstances is pretty clear as well, uh-huh, um, yeah. which can be quite difficult. Uh, and then- and that's, a, that's a big one, because I, I remember years ago, we were doing some construction stuff, and we had some planks going together, and then we were screwing them in, and we put a little bit of glue on the, the dowlings and a little bit of glue on the joints, but we were still screwing things, so we got this extra bond. And I'm not quite sure why we're putting the wood glue in there. Like, uh, no, no, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, it but I don't know why I'm four. doing that. Like, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, I get why I'm using the screws, but if the glue's going to just it be in there with the screws, just why? Just holds it tighter, okay. um, bottom line. And if, yeah. one, if one loosens off, and, you know, screws can lose their, um, their grip, especially on mm. wood, because wood's a live a live resource yeah so they can loosen off so if you glued it as well you're in a great place mm. so beware of glue though and yeah there's so many different kinds of glue yeah there and, are. and good for a bodge job and a quick fix if you got someone coming in but you don't want to be there a month later that's the issue yes so and and also the use um you know there's some glues that are easier to use than others you know with epoxy and things like that oh, a man. you've got the vapors secondly you've got the two part that needs to go yeah. together thirdly you've got the different set time so you need to have a bit of knowledge there <laughs> to be able to do it <laughs> i wonder know. if a lot of people use epoxy glues or i mean you, you mean you know what they are i yeah, know yeah type but i wonder if a lot of people are still using those because that that whole mixing phase if i got the right mix so yeah how far am i off and then the set time and yeah Oh, yeah. Actually, I don't use it all that often, thinking about it. Yeah. Contact cement. Oh, that's what I like. Well, it's great, unless the kids are anywhere near you. And at that point, <laughs> Daddy, I'm stuck with Ruby. No, <laughs> oh, God, no, son, not again. I mean, I just love, you know, contact cement doesn't give you a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of give, but that's the one, if, for, for folks who aren't familiar with that, where you literally put the glue on both surfaces. Yes. You kind of let the glue dry. Yes. And then you stick it down, and away you go. And it, it welds it together. It's yeah, but cool. again, that is bond of, um, uh, you know, uh, one part of the glue against the other part of the yeah. glue. The question mark on that one always is, what's the adhesion like with the surface on each side? Right. So, um, you know, the, the, the classic one with that one was, I just, I, I had to glue maybe three times <laughs> uh, this toilet holder up, Oh, no. And oh, I no. couldn't drill it because yeah. um, it was on a, a marble surface. Ooh. And it was a landlord who I knew was a pain in the neck over that okay. last landlord. Okay. Anyway. Well, we won't go into him. So therefore, I wasn't able to uh, to drill it. You drive uh, by that properly. place still now and just kind of snicker every now and then because yep, still empty. No. Yeah, yeah, that was a bad decision. I don't think he sold it either because you'd have thought somebody would have moved in if he'd sold it. Yeah. So 
Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, so we were. Where were we? Oh, oh yes. Contact so, Samantha. Contact Samantha. I've done it that many times that Dylan had seen it that I was like, you know what? <laughs> Let's let him have a go. Oh no! I know. What was I thinking? <laughs> anyway, now Dylan having a go with glue is like major news in our household. So then at that point, you got Ruby. Was like, oh, uh, the two of them were doing it. Well, that was the thing. Dylan's not allowed to do it on his own because I'm not allowed to do it. Okay, sit and watch. Don't get involved. <laughs> Can I hold the clue? No, you can't hold the clue. <laughs> Dylan gets so frustrated that he's like, oh, just hold the glue. Well, she can't hold the glue, can she? She, she has to see the- what the glue is. Oh, no. Glue on fingers, okay? <laughs> Dylan then has squeezed too much glue onto the uh, onto the marble surface. So, you know, having been told, make sure you, you only use a little bit like Daddy does every time. And I'm busy trying to do something else that's time critical. Can't remember what it was. Anyway, next thing you know, hands, Dylan's wiped around the edge with his finger. And then they've obviously gone, oh, that's, this isn't right. Yeah. So then one tried to clean the other, and then basically they got a really good contact against each other. <laughs> now, we were just lucky that because they're kids with mucky hands, yeah. that the actual adhesion to skin wasn't too bad. Oh, but man. Um, yeah, luckily, um, Her Majesty didn't see that one and was able to clear it up before she spotted it. And they didn't mention it to her. Oh, well, how was you doing? Oh, we had a glue incident, but we got it sorted. No, I obviously, in that point, you've got to uh, enact the whole rules of um, if you ever tell anyone about this. <laughs> then you're never going to be able to do anything with glue ever again. So, uh, yes, that kind of calmed everything down. But I have learned my lesson. So did it work I'm never going to do anything with glue again. <laughs> it didn't work. No. Absolutely not. I no. had to redo it two days later and, um, and put some extra attention into it. I always put up these little hooks, and, and this has got a glue link to it. I put these little hooks on the tiles because I don't, you know. Command I, strips, those kind yeah, of Yeah, they always come off. Yeah, well, I've got to say, command strips are pretty good. And, and yeah. what I do like about them a is month, those. I, I get a month, and then they fall off. And it's like, i got, yeah. I got to be a better way to do this. But I don't want to drill holes through things and crack the tiles. And yeah. I always, I often think I could do the joint. I could get through the joint if I'm lucky or not. So yeah, yeah. I, I just go with the command strips. It's when you're going through them or have to go through the middle of a tile. And when you've got no idea about how badly it was attached in the first place. Right. Then you end up with that one cracked tile on the wall. Oh, that's yeah. when it goes really badly. Yeah. Long, so I don't want to do it. So I just, okay, I just yeah. suffer through, but I was, cause I, I thought maybe there's some glue. Yeah. 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 I'm not a fan, I've got to say. Um, and, and the putties as well. I mean, the putties oh, the kind putties. of were a bit of a revolution about a, um, a decade ago. Mm. But then the problem is they're all different. So you've got, you've got your metal putty, you've got your plumbing, uh, like underwater putty. I've used that stuff. Yeah. That's cool. It is cool. It's really cool. But then again... <laughs> How many putties am I supposed to stock? You know, and also they go hard in time. Oh as yeah, well. yeah. So you've got right. Well, I've just bought eight different putties here, of which I'm probably going to use one, maybe even a quarter of it. So the wastage rate is just insane. Yeah. So then you buy for the just the job that you actually need. Well, the thing was, it was a five-minute job previously, but now I've had to go to, to Ace to go and pick up the putty. It turned into two hours. You know? It's the frustration factor of that that's hey, was, kind of irritating. Speaking of Ace, and I know we're still talking glue, but we're going to get to... Uh, oh, we already did the AC thing, too. Oh, blowing. Uh, yeah. Have you been to Ace in the last couple of weeks? Last couple of weeks? The, no. Uh, Which the, one? The, the the one at Festival City that seems to have redone the layout inside. Oh, yeah. No, I've been there since I redid the layout. That took some some getting used to. Mind you, they, they aced a couple of things, which was both the Dyson stand yeah. uh, and also the Nespresso stand. They're quite near the entrance now. So well, neither of those which I take advantage of, so... No, no, but I don't, you, obviously you like going to have a quick play with what the new stuff is, don't you? Most, <laughs> yeah. You know. Well, maybe the Dyson stuff, but I don't use Nespresso. I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a home barista myself, so I grind and tamp my own espresso. 
Nice. Blinking yeah. neck. Yeah. Well, we, we I took had a, lessons. I, I took a lesson. Good on you. Yeah. Over at uh, Rock Coffee. Oh, you did tell me about this. Yeah. You yeah, could, yeah. I took my machine in. The barista's there, put it down. They they got it, how to go with it. They played around with it. They said, it's not a bad machine. Cool. And then showed me exactly how to do everything with it. My issue is speed, though. So um, normally I am running when it's time for coffee. <laughs> like this morning, I was absolutely adamant taking the kids to school that yeah. I was going to get the coffee in. Uh-huh. It's like, you haven't got time for coffee in the shower. I'm like, I've got time for both. <laughs> do you have the Nespresso Watch in this. the shower? Did you put, put one in there? No. I think that's about as dangerous as it gets, isn't it? No, no. So what I did was I I've got shelf, the, a little shelf with a little waterproof cabinet door and you open it up and there's the Nespresso and then you close the door and the electricity's running. And I know, what an idea. What a terrible <laughs> idea, James. I mean, we're talking 240 volts and a huge amount of power for the uh, heating yeah, you, element. Yeah, you got a waterproof door and you close it. Well, assuming that that actually works. Well, on the basis that the shower door that's designed for it doesn't even work. <laughs> I think fancy the chances there. I mean, at the end of the day, though, James, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> there we go, right? <laughs> no, so I've got this Creatista Plus, which I yeah. uh, I did. I think I told you, you about the whole crazy trading yeah. that I did. Okay, so I absolutely adore this thing, and um, and basically it will do a full a full kind of frothy coffee with a full steam milk for me, yeah. and then get the whole thing done in under a minute. Wow. It's just brilliant. I love it. That is brilliant. So. Um, so basically, yeah, that is it for, for coffee, I think. Yeah, okay. So did you get the coffee done and get in the car with the kids and get to school in time? And the shower. And yeah. the shower. Did all of it. Man. Aced it. Wow. I was on really top form this morning for daddy daycare. It wow. was good. Okay. Rare. Uh, literally rare. Someone, someone asked me to ask you, what, what do you think the best mop is? Oh, see, this is an interesting one because... And um, I, and I, but, but hold on. When, oh, okay. when, I, when they asked me this, I go, What? They go, oh, there's so many mops. And they actually threw in, if anyone's going to know, it's going to be Colin and we will fix it because they leave a place cleaner than when they got there. And I went, fair point. Well, we go for simplicity, to be brutally honest. So the normal one, if you imagine, 99% of the um, properties here have tiled um, tiled areas. And we're creating quite a bit of mess. So the way that we work is plastic sheets as a start Uh point um, to clear up the the initial amount. And then we just go dustpan and brush initially. Okay. And then damp cloth. But the guys are briefed. Yeah, the guys are briefed to use both sides and make sure it's clean before they start. So I have a washing machine in the office that cleans all so of them. So just a damp cloth. Well, we use microfibers. So, okay, microfiber. Um, so a damp microfiber cloth. Damp microfiber, and away we go, Boom. and it'll, it'll, it'll wipe. Wow. Um, but then again, in a domestic environment, you've got lots of options, as people say. Now, um, officially, because obviously I would have looked into this, officially, yeah. steam mops are the best option um, to do it. Yeah, steam mops. Yeah. So basically, it's a, it's a combination of, of steam that comes out of the physical unit oh, okay. itself. Um, and again, you get rechargeable versions of it, but um, the steam they goes sell down those here? as they go. I've yeah, never yeah, seen yeah. one of these. This cell is the main brand. Oh. Karcher have them as well. Wow. Um, so they're great. However. Uh, however. However. Right. So this is now about two years ago that we went to see a friend of Dan's, my business partner, who is the head of marketing for Karcher. And we, uh-huh. went, we went off to have a look at what he's got. And he had this absolute stunner that's now available out on the market. Now, this is basically, it's got a rotating cylindrical head. Think paint roller. Okay, yeah. But a much shorter nap on it, okay? And then it has, uh, you know, um, lint rollers that you have for your clothes, right? absolutely. So, basically, imagine like a, a hybrid of these 
but it's on like a vertical um, arm, like a almost like a vacuum cleaner arm. Okay, I'm getting um, that. And it rotates in the opposite direction to the direction that you're going. Okay. And it's not plugged into anything. It's like a... It's rechargeable. It's a rechargeable unit. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's rotating as it's going and you're pushing it along. And then you have this button where it basically puts a little bit of detergent on it whenever you need it. Okay? Yeah. Now, your options are... I think they have two versions. They have one which I think is washable so that you can literally take it off, shove it in the washing machine and keep it clean that way. Yeah. Alternatively, you have like a lint roller where you take one okay. layer off and you get the next one. Nice. Yeah. Well, it worked brilliantly. I've got to say, we got it dirty pretty quick, but it was unbelievable how well that worked. Neat. So, assuming that the, you can get the kind of reusable um, side going, because in our house, it'd be black inside 20 seconds flat. Yeah. Um, but, assuming that you get that side working, then for me, that's pretty much the ultimate. See, this is this has opened up a whole new door. This is like the electronic world. It's not just bucket and mop and, you know. Okay. Sling. Well, we can go down that route as well. Now, the difficulty that I have with um, mops and buckets and that kind of thing is they are built to a price point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we are with Velada. We are a Velada okay. family. I like the Velada stuff. I do, but then it has its issues. So the mop heads themselves are really good. Yeah. However, they don't match with any other brand <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> and secondly- Is that the one? So are, is, is yours the Velada that has that funky little connector system? Yes, exactly. Yeah, okay, that's the one that but I But there's two different versions of that. There's the blue one, which is their, um, their right. kind of um, the, the, the premium one, yeah. which actually I think works better in terms of um, holding on to um, whatever you've lifted, uh, which is great. They then got a yellow one as well, mm. which seems to have a bit more volume to the uh, to the mop head as well. Right. However, the the actual broom itself that comes from Valada rusts in no yeah. time. Yeah, you're like, what is this rust on? I've only had it three months. <laughs> yeah, and you, you, and you see, can't you can't get a replacement. You got to yeah, get exactly. something. You got to yeah, get theirs exactly. <laughs> so then you get this frustration factor, which is 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 kind of prevalent. So I was like, right, well, you know what stuff that is i'm going to try one of the other brands so i went to one of the other brands and it was worse i'm like really <laughs> so where are we getting to with this and then you think back to when i was growing up it was it was a wooden handle yeah, yeah. and then uh, basically a wool mop that yeah. was on the end of it yeah but they're not available anymore uh, well, really? well i can't find them in oh. the traditional sense you either get just yeah. a very um you can get the, right, the wool mop head yeah. but then it's with just the worst um broom yeah. itself anyway so you end up in a situation whereby you're not much better off than the Vida throwaway. Well, I like, I like this catcher idea that you've got because my big thing with these mops, when I start thinking about it, is the water is filthy after about, you know, three passes and, and yep. wringing it out. And I look down in the water and it's like, whoa. And I'm just putting dirty water across the floor. It's like, mm. There is that issue, without a doubt. Um, in our household, actually, uh, we have mops that are, constantly there i mean we probably have i don't know four around the house <laughs> really with buckets yeah and the water is changed on a very frequent uh, basis to say yeah. the least so um, you keep the water in the bucket because you're going to be needing it exactly it's, I mean, it's, used, it's used really constantly natalie is a fiend for using that wow. and then and giving the glare at the same time i said <laughs> why haven't you done it it's been 16 <laughs> minutes since this was last cleaned you know <laughs> really I'm getting grief for this. So I mean, you, got, you got like four plus buckets around the house with mops yeah. ready to go and the water's already, but the water's then going to be cold. Yes, it is. It's cold, but it's detergent. And okay. when you've got, we've got right. the detergent in there, so okay. it, it seems to work absolutely fine. But I mean, literally, the number of times that I walk into the house, I mean, every, I'm sure every place done this. 
I'm always late. It's constant. Well, actually, I'm not late. You're never late coming no, no, here. No, I'm always on time, but I'm on time because everything is a ridiculous rush. Okay. So I'm normally bouncing through the house as in in out, and I've got yeah. to, I've got to go really quickly. So I'm not actually looking to see whether or not the floor is wet or dry <laughs> until until I'm probably about twelve. <laughs> yeah, until about twelve steps in. At which point I hear the dolphin noise, which is you've just gone over my wet floor again. You absolute. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, um, so again, you know, this is not this is not something that really is part of my repertoire to look down and check what condition of floors. You would need one of those those triangle things. Wet floor, uh, just yeah. cleaned. And she she it would end up with violence <laughs> if I ever got. Can you imagine? Oh my lord! And also, the dog would probably eat it. Yeah, he's eating everything at the moment. Bless okay. him. Oh, nice. Hello. Yeah. Mothballs and cats. You know a little bit about cats. Do they keep cats away? Uh, well, the answer to that is yes, they absolutely do. But the reason is because when you smell mothballs, did you know that's poison? Uh, I think I did know, yeah. Right, okay. So basically, the feedback was beware of the smell of mothballs, <laughs> without a doubt. So um, the what it basically says is, um, bottom line, if a cat eats a mothball... It's a goner. Well, but no cat's going to eat a mothball, though, is it? Well, apparently they do, and this is what uh-huh. happens. I'm not saying that this is bad, but draw your own conclusions here. So, at best, it is vomiting. Uh-huh. We then go on to anemia, lethargy, yeah. kidney damage, Yikes. liver damage. Oh, no. And then um, para- paramothballs. I don't know what a paramothball is, do you? No, no, no. Okay, well, those apparently cause shaking, vomiting, nausea, and possible liver or kidney and kidney damage. Holy mackerel. Yeah, so in effect, I don't, don't think don't in, this, uh, in this day and age, we have mothballs everywhere in my grandma's house. Back yeah, yeah, in the day. And, they, and they, you walk into that grandmother's house and it was like, yeah. you knew it. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I knew my grandmother. She would even put mothballs in the vacuum cleaner so she would have that smell in the house. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Granny used to like the poison. My word. The things you learn. Because yeah. well, you guys do a lot with cats. And so that there's always the issue of how do you keep cats away then from property and stuff if you don't want a cat around? I mean, well, the normal, have a Rolo. That's the first way. Yeah, yeah. Well, the normal one is, is trap me to release in okay. terms of um, part of that process is a communal feeding stations. Mm. So in effect, they're kept to areas rather than roaming looking right. for food. Um, and that works really well that's a good idea. on the whole, yeah. And, um, you know, there's lots of people, that, um, you know, I'm in the ranches and there's, there's really active groups of that. Uh, I must say these days we're busy with other things. So we don't tend to do, I don't tend to do all, all that much um, mm. uh, with those groups anymore. Um, but again, you know, it's it's something that um, that uh, that's ongoing yeah. and um, the best way of dealing with, with cat issues, chat me to release programs and um, yeah. communal feeding. We, we left our last conversation walking out the door talking about fences fences and the idea of prefab as opposed to building your own and there's all sorts of options and things that you can do and i thought that you know you've got some experience with fences Mm. and i was wondering what do you think about these prefabs some of them are plastic some are aluminum so i I don't know if there's too many wood prefabs but i'm sure there are what what are your thoughts on these things for me, it's a no-brainer in this climate to go with uh, powder-coated aluminium. Yeah. Um, they're widely available. Mm. They're not cheap, I've got to say. I, I want, but why is that? Like, I would think that because there's so much cladding being used, so much aluminum work being done here, aluminum should be 
dirt cheap. Yeah, I know. Well, I think it's because of the variance in profiles that um, mm. that are needed. And also, there's a real commercial cladding market here. And then when you get to domestic, it's all quite bespoke. Okay. Um, so even though the panels themselves or the components may well be standardised, uh, they physically need to be constructed um, specific to the size of area where you are. Right. So, um, yeah, I, mean, I quoted quite a few outfits and was getting... I mean, just anything between expensive and crazy. So wow. we went with expensive. And um, uh, we put in, round the side, round near our kitchen, we put in probably like a, a three-and-a-half-metre, four-metre fence with a gate. Um, and it is roughly, what, 180 high, I would have thought. That was 4,000 dirhams wow. for that. Yeah, wow. I know. It's kind of mildly offended. Um, <laughs> however... <laughs> Um, I would have been more offended by the... Um, the Moranti? The, the Moranti option? Well, Moranti, yeah. See, Moranti's an interesting one because, again, um, uh, Moranti is, is a phenomenal hardwood that is not local to here, but that's pretty much the default hardwood that everybody uses. Yeah. Um, the issue is, over time, and especially if you've got water in the facility, then it takes some um, some upkeep. Mm. Um, and I've got Moranti as well. I did a Moranti fence um, that is... Actually, well, I kind of did it. I did a Moranti frame. <laughs> Moranti frame. Yeah, because uh-huh. I wanted to reduce some of the cost here. And then um, I did uh, just like a, um, a cane, uh, okay. a cane fence that was fixed to the interior uh-huh. of it so uh-huh. that I still can show the Moranti. It's, it's finished really well. It worked out really well. But that saved a lot of money doing it that way. I mean, mm. literally by a factor of three. So the aluminum one you've got, do so, they just bring right in the panels? and fix them and that's it the guys are on the truck and in and out in five minutes no that, no. that was that was fabbed uh, pretty much they brought the components then they fabbed oh. it on site even though they got the measurements which was interesting huh. um but still it was only like an hour and a half i guess to get okay. the whole thing um put up oh oh to be fair i also got a um a cupboard built at the same time um for the gas bottles that wasn't right. there so they, they did that because i've seen the these cost. i've seen these plastic panels that you can get you just slide them down the tracks yeah those look kind of interesting I don't think they're available here. I think they're available in North America. And again, the concept of kind of the UPVC route is is all well and good. But A, it's just not prevalent here. And Mm. secondly, I... I wonder why it's not prevalent here. Yeah, yeah, I wonder. You know, because um, bottom line, if they, if it was either cost effective or alternatively able to stand up to the climate, um, people would be all over it. Yeah. But they're not. They're still using, um, uh, on the majority, they're using kind of an aluminium section. I wonder if it's just, uh, I wonder if it comes down to expertise of those selling the stuff and saying, hey, we know we know aluminium well, we know wood well. Yeah, maybe. We know PVC stuff too well. Yeah, but also I think it's kind of high tech, the equipment that you mm, need to be able to construct yeah, it. So, yeah. you know, there, there are plenty of developments here that have UPVC for thinking about it for um, their original install. Yeah. Um, but not that many that would, um, yeah. that would custom fab. So, so what, what are you using for post holes? I mean, dude, how are you? What did you do for the supports for your fence? Are you digging down a couple feet or? Absolutely know? not. No. <laughs> no. I mean, you know, no frost warning here. No need. We've done it in the past without a doubt. And and then all that you, we would do is just use a, um, a pretty aggregate filled cement yeah. underneath it. Um, but the, uh, the Moranti um, fence was on top of the existing concrete fence because mm. uh, the neighbours could see us and um, uh, that was not great. They, they got offended by my, <laughs> my naked swimming. 
that's not true, but it could have been. Um, so so uh, that one was on top of another fence. And then um, where the uh, pounded aluminium was, uh, there was already a, like a, a cement pillar underneath ah, as a step. Okay, yeah. So we could literally just go straight into that with some anchor bolts and where we went. Some I've, I've, seen, I've seen back home where you can buy these concrete blocks that have the grooves in it so that you could literally put the concrete block down, maybe a little aggregates yeah. in, and then just you know put the pieces in, get some frame brackets, and you got a fence or a little deck pretty darn lickety split fast. Yeah, well, that's almost the concept that they use here for building sites, isn't it, when yeah. they fence off building sites. So you have those blocks, and yes, they're exposed, um, but all you do is shove that underground and um, yeah. you know with a specific system, and that, that's mm. feasible to do. I wonder if people use those for home stuff, though. No. Nah. Well, if you imagine, very few people here actually build fences. That's true. You know, You've got these big concrete walls that are up yeah, around things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So most most people already have that in place, um, and if they do want to, and as a result, if you do want to do it, there's just not enough demand for it to um, to have standardised products. I think, yeah. which makes it slightly difficult. Yeah, um, construction in neighbourhoods and potential for shifting and cracking of walls. Yeah. You guys ever deal with that? Yes, we have actually. Um, interesting one, that, because lots of people see cracks in their walls. Yeah. They have building in the neighbourhood, and they join the dots. And then we get there, and uh, kind of when, when, you, when we look at it, or when I look at it these days, I can go, that's a settlement crack. It's got nothing to do with your next door neighbour. Wow. Um, so we haven't had one yet that has been destabilisation as a result of nearby construction. It does happen, and that's, that's almost standard in the UK that that happens. Mm. But again, you're talking on 100-year-old properties, not 15-year-old. Yeah. Um, normally here, if there's something structural, it's due to your own building that's got the problem. <laughs> and we've seen that before now on oh, a couple yeah. of occasions. That's, that's really scary when mm. that happens. But the majority is just settlement cracks. Okay. And um, at that point, it, it's, it, a settlement crack generally is kind of a 45-degree 40, angle, and um, you, know, you can't get your hand in it. If you can get your hand in it, You've got Good. some serious subsidence that's going on there. Yeah. And especially if it tracks the, um, the the brickwork behind. So if you've got straight lines right. that are showing you there, that's generally when you've got um, structural, stuff. structural stuff rather than settlement. I've seen some of that recently. I don't know where I saw that, but it was tracking with the lines on something. I was like, ooh, that's well, not good. Here's the interesting one. You get this quite a lot exterior. Um, and again, we did a big project on, oh, actually probably quite close to you, in a, a Merdiff um, compound, which was actually we did two, we did a six six um, villa and a five villa. Few, well, this must be a few years ago because I managed it myself. Um, and uh, what happened there was because the sun was hitting one mm. of the end walls. Over time, that expansion and contraction, expansion and contraction, uh, uh, combined with very poor finish originally and, you know, one coat of paint, meant that all of the mortar within the, uh, the oh. bricks was expanding and contracting oh, at a no. different rates of the actual um, yeah. hollow blocks, and the whole thing just was a disaster area. But again, you know, when we looked at the inside, there's very little issue. So we're like, you know what? You'll be able to patch repair this and it'll be fine once it's done properly. Yeah. And um, interestingly enough, I went past that only a year ago and it was yeah. still looking great. Oh, good. <laughs> right again. Um, so, you know, it's there's, there's, there's very rare that you'd find interior, um, that mm. kind of scenario. 
And and as you're saying, literally, the there, there are still areas where there's quite a bit of construction happening, and you don't find that as they're doing stuff, it really has an impact on other buildings around it. Very rarely, you feel it though. You feel the you know it's, they were they were doing some packing on a road close to where I was living. It had to be a 500 meters away. I could feel the vibration. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, this isn't good. Mm. This is not good. Yeah. Uh, n- n- no visible damage to anything or anywhere, but it's. I, I just thought this vibration can't be pleasant for. I'm sure it's not great for buildings, to be fair. Yeah. However, um, again, you know, if you've got Pally next door, I would be more concerned. Um, mm. We had someone digging a swimming pool, like five, maybe five or six fillers up. And when I say digging a swimming pool, I don't know how they got it in, but they had one of those <laughs> enormous diggers. <laughs> really? With the, the full-on arm. I'm really? Like, I'm, I'm looking at this going, I still can't work out how it got that. Uh, to be fair, I wasn't interested enough to be able to go out of my back yeah. garden to go and have a look at how they got the access. But I could see the arm swinging from ours pre pre fence and um i was like gee whiz and yeah it's exactly i could feel the ground moving yeah. at the or you know that vibration and it is kind of freaky but yeah. no more cracks for us as a result oh, nice yeah. excellent uh what else do we have here i mean we're getting through everything beautifully on this this list, is unusual it? isn't it yeah normally we waffle off in some random direction <laughs> and this time we're almost sticking to it well we also had the anchor bra- brackets and things for fences if you're doing yes. prefab and uh you, we, you're using those for your shed yeah well, aren't you i mean i when i i, I wouldn't say anchor brackets as such mind you i've just ordered the um the cladding for the shed now which is an interesting one yeah um i went in the end with marine ply which huh. was an interesting choice. Not, yeah. Well, not what I was originally planning, but basically when it boils down to it, I thought about using like a, uh, a waterproof MDF. And then mm. when you look into it, there's no such thing as a waterproof no. MDF. There's water resistant the, MDF. Yeah. Well, what do you mean by that? Oh, well, it only expands within 28% instead of complete disintegration. 28 percent sorry excuse me let's just <laughs> let's just go there again right so basically this panel is going to expand by 28 percent when it gets in contact with water yes that's correct sir right so in which case how does that work out as water resistance oh well it's within tolerance <laughs> there we go it's within tolerance 20, excuse me 28 so then i was like right okay let's look into this a little bit more so then um marine ply is what's been used for boats for uh, for decades and absolutely decades. Yeah. and there's this new version which is also designed to be um resistant and totally resistant with boiling water as well it's not resistant with boiling water it is resistant with now boiling it is this but, it, but it wasn't in the past no it wasn't so now they've what, added what do they this. class as boiling water like the water that comes out of the tap here in the summer could be boiling I know, no, I, uh, because we're talking about chemicals here, I'm talking about 100 degrees centigrade. Okay. Right? So, um, at that point, I'm like, okay, well, if I can boil it, I can freeze it, I can, uh, and it can be um, used in boat building and kept submerged underwater. Really? That's what I need. So, uh, I went to see- Is that the one that's, is it brown too? It's got like a brown coating finish on it? You can have it film film finished, Uh um, but I didn't really want that because I'm planning to paint afterwards. So, then I went to see, I went to Danube. I think I mentioned just uh, in, in the last episode, I went to Danube lovely people um and i but the problem was they didn't they wouldn't give me any of the kind of cutting service that i needed and it was like really standardized and their their prices were good but then i called up mr timberland who i dealt with before and spent a small fortune with and mr timberland (laughs) is very persuasive he's like yeah i can cut grooves in it because now my plan is i was going to clad it 
And instead, if I do 15 centimeter gaps and then shove like a, a groove line in it, it will still give me that same yeah. approach, but I haven't had to do both a, um, a some form of um, yeah. a thin ply first. I can do it as an uh-huh. all-in-one. Nice thinking. So um, so as a result, he, he said, look, I'll throw that in for you. And he's like still, he's probably 20, 20% above, but I got probably 50% of the cuts done by him, right. uh, ready to go. And actually, just before I came in, father-in-law is inquiring whether or not the wood has arrived. This is the father-in-law who was staying in Dura in the hotel. Yes, who we've now banished from the house, having gone to a brunch last week. Ooh. Bless him, love dearly, but there are times where you're just like, please don't. Oh, well, I've got some business going on, but I'm sure you have, but it doesn't have to be over a brunch. So uh, we've given him a week to find out whether or not he's going to survive it. Uh And uh, if he does, then hopefully at the weekend, he will be welcomed with open arms. She doesn't do anything stupid in the meantime. Uh And and hopefully he can come over. And uh, if he's very lucky, he'll get to help me (laughs) doing the shed. (laughs) How back to front's that? (laughs) Oh, my Lord. So I'm curious about the groove. So it's going to kind of look look like a barn finish when you put the the paint on it yeah so it's going to be painted but uh, in effect i can only this do wood's it. not smooth though is it is it very smooth so oh yeah, it's, it's very smooth it's very okay, smooth okay, but good. also it uh, my main issue because originally i wanted to stain it and yeah, use, yeah. use planks instead yeah. well did you know that cedar which is a softwood is more expensive here than Mar- excuse me moranti and moranti really, really has no texture to it as well cedar's more expensive yeah than so wow yeah i know so i guess it's where it's shipped from that may well be the reason yes cedar's great no bugs like it yeah i know but again i wanted something i was going to stain it i wanted something that would have at least some element of of, Mm. of wood about it but then the other reason i wanted cedar was i forgot what the technique is called but where they burn the wood on the outside yeah yeah seen that yeah so it basically brings up, there. Yeah, yeah but it brings up all of the resin into it yeah and then it basically uh, uh, produces a protective coat right you know? and we've been watching this on a whole bunch of house <laughs> programs yeah, like, oh i like the look of that i'm not sure it'll work in dubai or look that great but i really like the idea of that so yeah. i wanted to have seeded just so i had that as an option but now that's not feasible i'm kind of like right you're painting it. So uh, next thing is uh, I will get told what the paint color will be. Uh, you haven't inquired yet about where we're going with that? Oh, I'm not going to inquire that until the last second. So okay. that way she doesn't have the weeks to be able to work it all out. <laughs> You've got five minutes. Give it to me. That's my plan. Oh, man. Yeah. You know what? It sounded good. And, and I think I think we've nailed the list. I, I'm, I'm, I think we're good to go here. I right. think we've, we have solved the world's problems this week in the DIY world. Well, that's what we're here for, isn't it? I can't it? believe it. I'm, I can't, I'm, I'm, I can't believe you've actually done that. I'm actually looking in shock that the list has gone through. You Did we miss anything? I don't think so. Uh, no, we, we did electric locks last week, didn't we? Yeah. I know what we missed. The Murphy's World. I love Murphy World. Yeah, see, I didn't even know what this was. Until you looked it up. Yeah, I mean, I knew about fold away, fold yeah. away stuff, but Murphy's is like the brand. Yeah, Murphy. Murphy beds, Murphy desks, Murphy yeah. tables, Murphy modular living. It's Murphy is the brand. It's kind of like Kleenex and Band-Aid. Got and- you. See, that's the interesting one, because um, I'm sure for the majority of properties here, you wouldn't initially think, oh, you know what, I need another bedroom that we can use as a separate uh-huh. room, until you really think about that. Which is, if you imagine the, so the obvious one would be very small apartments where, yeah, yeah. Um, and, or studios. And Danube had a whole bunch of those. That they, they had some complexes that were kind of like these studios where instantly this kind of stuff, furniture that folds off the wall, 
becomes ideal. Yeah, it does. But then I think it actually has a wider use than that, which would be um, that many people that are living in a three-bed with parents and two kids and want to have relatives stay. Right. Well, on that one, the idea of a fold-away bed in some kind of office seems to make a lot of sense, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. So I actually think there could really be a market for it. Yeah, see, it's quite something. Start thinking about that. This might be an in. It could be an in, but then again, I then saw the video. <laughs> they had an amazing video on the uh, Murphy side of it all folding out. I thought, yeah. Ooh, that was a bit complex installation. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yes, maybe one day once we've yeah. got a little bit more um, uh, abilities in that area, that could be something to look at. Yeah. But yeah, really interesting this whole fold away concept. So if you're if you're not familiar with it, go take a look and. And away we go. Colin, you know what? I, I, I truly think it's time we wrap this thing up. And, and wow, we've been so efficient, so on topic. And I, I am absolutely, I don't think we've ever done a conversation like this. I sincerely apologize. It won't happen again. <laughs> but did the therapy session work? That's the question. I am feeling a lot more chilled than when I walked in. So thank you, doctor. There we James. go. <laughs> this is the We Will Fix It podcast. It's on Podaholics. You want to get in touch with us, Podaholics with a K at gmail.com. You've, you know how you found us because you're listening to us and we'll do it all again really, really soon. Thanks for listening. Share the link. So long for now. <laughs>